Welcome to Inside New Mexico. I'm Derek Underhill, and I am talking with our chairman of the Republican Party of New Mexico, former congressman of the 2nd Congressional District of New Mexico, your friend and mine, Steve Pierce. How are you, Steve? I'm doing great. We just finished the Women for Trump bus tour. It was dramatic. We had more people at the first stop in Las Cruces than they had at any stop in Arizona. And then the numbers just continued to build. We went from Las Cruces over to Carlsbad, then into Hobbs the next day into Artesia, Roswell, on into Albuquerque. The next morning we had the South Valley, had over 200 people, probably about 220 people show up at that event. Wow! You just never get that size of crowd in the South Valley of Albuquerque. Then we went into Rio Rancho, an even larger group, around 250 or so. And again, the enthusiasm every place. We wrapped the tour up by going to Española. We have a Hispanic for Trump headquarters there. And about 140 showed up there. No one nearly expected that large group. And I was telling the group that this is the new majority. I said it's conservative Democrats and Republicans joining together to save this state, to save the nation. And it's happening all across New Mexico. We can feel that presence of conservative Democrats showing up with us. And so the new majority is very strong and well here in New Mexico. I still absolutely believe that Trump is going to win New Mexico and that we're going to turn the state red. I saw driving down Santa Fe Avenue in Grants, for those that don't know, that's the main street, and there was a big old Trump Pence sign there, and that Cibola County is not a bastion of conservatism, although maybe it's changing. It's changing everywhere. Uh, Democrats are becoming alarmed at where their party has gone. We've got our videos that we started counting down every 10 days. We had our 100 uh, days to save New Mexico, then 90 days to save New Mexico, 80, 70, 60. And so I just previewed the 50 days to save New Mexico, and it's dramatic. It's Democrats talking about why they left the Democrat Party, and actually every single one of them says the party left them, that they still have the values that they had when they were Democrats, but no one in the Democrat leadership wants wants to hear those values, pro-gun, pro-life, pro-business, pro-military, pro-God, pro-defense, and then pro-police. So people are alarmed at where the Democrat Party is going and leaving by great numbers. And we've got a lot of those people that walked away are running as Republicans. So it's just an amazing time seeing the people come together and want to save this country and want to save this state. Well, I see the Democrats keep throwing things up against the wall to see if anything will stick. We had this uh, Bob Woodward book come out, and I questioned it at the time, and, and the president kind of down the same line I did, that uh, you know, the president knew he was talking to a reporter, and so what he said was not private. And then the president even came out and said, if what I said was so terrible, why did he wait for nine why months to release it? That's the question Bob Woodard should have to answer, but he's not having to answer it. The entire press world is standing with him like this is some great revelation. And you're exactly right. Number two, the president has been very clear, and presidents should be very clear, that the last thing they want to do is cause panic among the people. You remember George Bush said after 9-11 that we just need to go back to the malls and resume our lives. The economy under 9-11 just almost collapsed, and uh, and it was because people were staying home. They were afraid. They had seen such death and destruction. And so his job was to reassure the people. Again, that was uh, the president uh, Trump. Trump's effort was to reassure the people that 
yes, we've got a serious problem, but we're also in no need to panic. And this interview that Bob Woodard is now shopping in front of the people, if he really believes what he says, that Trump intended for the nation to get sick and he was trying to downplay it, then he should have reported that immediately. But instead, he chose to do the political thing and try to shop this story right before the election, see if they could affect the election. I don't think it's going to work myself. The Americans have gotten used to a press that doesn't ask significant questions. They don't ever ask the other side why they're waiting. You know, this is the same problem that the Atlantic Monthly had. We talked about this story last week, and if the president said those things, that should have been the news story of the day. But instead, they waited and thought, uh, well, we'll just wait till election time, and, and we think that we can get on a lot of the evening news, and they have. But again, it just isn't credible. No. Uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, I think, did the best job of refuting that. She says, I was there with the president in that time. I was in those discussions, and she said it's an absolute lie. So you got one supposed anonymous whistleblower, and then you have 20 people who have declared, no, that didn't occur at all. We were there. We were listening. And so the left just continues to do these things that undermine the trust of the American people, and it is not productive. They're actually taking a very evil course in uh, producing these supposed news stories. So I think that Trump is going to be fine. But uh, every day the Democrats shop some new supposed great story. The truth is people just kind of walk away from it and say, what the heck? We're not going to believe that. Why isn't the fact that our president has been nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize not the lead story on every network? Yeah, it should be the lead story, but instead it's causing their head to explode. Uh, (laughs) So he's now been nominated twice. But look at what he's done. He just got Kosovo and Serbia to to come to an agreement to work peace between them. That has been a, a major problem for 20 years or more. Then Israel and Bahrain, that was the most recent announcement. Again, a Muslim nation uh, joining up with Israel saying we want peace between us. We want the prosperity that comes from peace. Then a couple of weeks ago, Israel and the UAE. So we have many, many things that the president is doing that the left media simply refuses to cover because they know it would give the president some approval ratings among liberals. And so what the media is doing is a travesty to this country. And in no way does it make our country a better, stronger nation. It, in fact, keeps the divide going to its deeper and deeper. Why are we hearing these stories about those herds that were coming up from South America through Mexico and bombarding our border? I'm not hearing any of those stories on the news anymore. Something must have changed. Yeah, the thing that changed is that the president has secured that border, and he's saying we're going to keep the border secure. We're going to keep American jobs for Americans, and that's one of the significant promises that he's made. He's, I think, up over 600 miles of fence that he's built, billions of dollars spent securing that border, and people who who hide the fence are now saying, wait, that is working fairly well. It was uh, just visiting with uh, just strong members of the Hispanic population here in the Hobbs area at lunch and their Hispanics from Mexico saying that absolutely they agree with the president's decision to secure the border. Otherwise, you have people flooding in here trying to find the jobs. They bid the price down. If we're going to have any kind of recovery at all, we need a, a fixed labor pool. And that labor pool needs to have the protections of our government, the OSHA, the other protections. When companies pay with cash, 
then they're able to bypass because there's no actual record of employees working. So they're able to bypass the safety systems that are in place for our workers. And so, again, you'd think the press would be all over this, but they hate the president so much they're willing to look past anything in order to make it work. Stay tuned. We've got a fascinating discussion about the Netflix drama. We've got a great discussion on the CNN. That station has egg all over its face after the last week. We've got a lot of discussion coming up, so stay tuned for the next segment of Inside New Mexico. National Guard and Reserve members are true leaders, both in the military and in the workplace. They are highly skilled and get the job done every day. Employer support of the Guard and Reserve, ESGR, can help you recruit top-notch service members to your workforce. Hiring Guard and Reserve members is good for your business and good for your community. Visit esgr.mil slash employers to learn more. Welcome back to Inside New Mexico. Last week, I had a chance to talk with Yvette Harrell on the telephone. I'd like to play you a clip from that interview where she responds to a negative ad. I want to play this commercial and have you respond to it because this was brought up two years ago when you won and then found out you didn't win. But this is pretty much the same commercial. And uh, if you did what they say you did, you would be in jail right now. But I want to let you respond to this and let our listeners hear this. She took lavish trips across the country, and we, we paid for it. Her business got $440,000 worth of sweetheart state contracts, and we, we paid for it. Yvette Harrell betrayed the public trust, lining her pockets as an elected official, and we, we all paid for it. It's time we all stop paying for Yvette Harrell's shady ways. AFT Solidarity and Women Vote are responsible for the content of this advertising. Yeah, these are nothing more than false attacks, the same attacks they used two years ago. And I'm glad that you brought this up because I want to address this. And I believe we talked about this two years ago. They're saying that I pocketed $400,000 from state leases. That is absolutely not true. My dad has a company that uh, is a family-owned company. And my sisters, I have two sisters, we all have a small uh, portion of ownership. But my dad is the general manager, makes all the decisions. This is not a company that we draw paychecks from or anything. It's just an investment company. And he had bought a building that had a state lease attached to it. It was the Department of Motor Vehicle Building. And if people don't realize, most of the state buildings around the state are privately owned, and then the state leases them back. He bought a building that had a state lease on it. And so I reached out to the Secretary of State to ask her if I needed to change my finance disclosure statement. I have always disclosed that I was part owner in our family business, Harold Properties. But when he purchased that building with that state lease, I wanted to make sure we were in the clear. Diana Duran was our Secretary of State, and she asked me, was I a signee on the lease? No, I am not, was not. She asked me if I received the lease payments personally. No, I do not, never received them. And she asked me if I did receive a 1099 from the state for any income. No, I never did. So she told me we're fine. Well, I ran for state representative for four terms. That's never been brought up. It was never an issue. And suddenly when I run for Congress, 
they're trying to make it sound like I pocketed 400000 And, Derek, you and I both know, and so does everybody else, if I had really done something like that, I would be in jail. We would not be talking on the radio, yeah. and I would not even be able to run for office. Well, and it was but, investigated two years ago when this yes, was brought up. and the Associated Press broke the story and gave it to the Albuquerque Journal, who then, they turned around and endorsed me in 2018. There was no substance to it, and in fact, we have emails from the Secretary of State's office that says nothing further is needed, no issue. I mean, it's a non-starter, but this is their feeble attempt to distract from her voting with Nancy Pelosi 95% of the time. So, uh, Social Source Mall voted to impeach President Trump twice. She voted to allow illegals to vote in our elections. She's voted for pro-choice legislation, which would keep doctors from administering medical assistance to babies that survive an abortion. The other part of that ad, which makes me really mad, is every community and every county in the state has their local senators and representatives get capital outlay dollars. These requests come from the cities and the communities and the counties around the state. And what we do is we'll bring back money. In Alamogordo, three state representatives, myself and two others, and a state senator brought back capital outlay money at the request of our county, the Otero County Commission, to help put money into an old building to save an old building and turn it into a museum. We did that. My mom is a member of the Tularosa Basin Historical Society. So they're trying to tell everybody that I brought capital outlay back to Alamogordo single-handedly, and my mom pocketed it. That is so false and so far-fetched, and I think a real cheap shot of the Tor Small campaign to take a shot at my mom and the integrity of our family. I just think it is so wrong, and people know me better than that. And Senator Burt, Representative Bill Gray, Representative Zach Cook, and myself are the ones that put in that capital request. And now we have a beautiful museum right in the heart of Alamogordo that's our historical society. But they didn't complain that we brought $500,000 back to Alamogordo for police cars and fire trucks and infrastructure, water infrastructure projects. So, again, they're trying to turn this into something very ugly, and it's such an attack on my personal character. I was a great state representative really enjoyed serving the people. And if I had done anything like that, again, we would have been in jail by now, and there's no way to to pocket capital outlay money. Don't you think it's interesting that two years later they're running the exact same negative attack ad on me? It wasn't true then. It's not true now. When we come back, I'll be having a conversation with our chairman of the Republican Party, Steve Pierce, on Inside New Mexico. On behalf of the New Mexico Department of Health, take COVID-19 precautions. Wash your hands frequently for 20 seconds. Don't touch your face. Use a tissue or your elbow to catch your sneeze or cough. Avoid large gatherings and close contact with sick people, especially if you are elderly or high risk. If you have a cough, fever, or shortness of breath, stay home from work or school. Do not go to the ER or doctor's office without first calling the coronavirus hotline. And avoid all unnecessary out-of-state travel. Help prevent the spread of COVID-19.
Welcome back to Inside New Mexico. I am talking with the chairman of our Republican Party, Steve Pierce. Steve, looks like CNN stepped in it again. Tell us what happened. Well, they've been an embarrassment to the journalistic field since Trump came into office. They have, in the last three years, evolved into just an anti-Trump, a hate-Trump network. It's about all they do. Everything is covered from that point of view. But they, I think, hit a new low. Even a reporter from The Hill was on Fox News, and Fox is the only one calling CNN out. But you had Jake Tapper in a written email or text saying to one of the Republicans, hey, you really shouldn't be running against this Democrat. Why don't you pick a safe seat that you can run in? What kind of a news person actually does that? And so then Chris Como is where the real embarrassment occurred. He is on tape. You can now hear it if you just search the Internet. But he's on tape, and he is coaching this person he's about to interview how it can be more anti-Trump, more negative to Trump. These are supposed to be journalists, and yet you can see that there's no journalism involved in it at all, that they are now in the charge of propaganda. That's all it is when you begin to conduct your business in the way that they have So this whole thing now is moving the direction that I was afraid it would in the Democrat Party. The left is figuring out how to litigate. If Trump wins again, they are going to litigate and eventually try to move into the courts to create doubt in whether that Trump is actually elected. And then they are actually already talking to the military, saying that they should take no orders from President Trump, even if he wins, and they'll be declaring that he is not the winner. And so the very fabric of our republic is right now being tested. It's a very unsettling thing that we're going through, and yet this is where the left is headed right now. The Daily Beast has a really good article about September 9th, something in that, and it says that the left is preparing for MAGA violence after Election Day. You know, this is a revolution when you start looking at this, when people are told that they're not going to accept the outcome of the election, they're trying every way they can to cheat. I'm involved here in the Republican Party of New Mexico. We're trying to make sure that we have a fair and free election, that everyone gets the chance to vote once, but only once, and that those votes are counted. And yet we're uncovering every day more schemes that just say that the left does not intend for this to be a fair election. I understand General Flynn had some ideas on this. General Flynn made a comment that I've known uh, for a long time, but he's reminding us. He said, we're in a stage right now that 2% of a very passionate population is going to control the 98% of the indifferent. And that's always the threat. Government is controlled by those people who show up and the 98% are kind of keeping on the sidelines. That's exactly the way that revolutions occur. Revolutions are never a major piece of the population. It is a very active piece of the population and everybody else is kind of sitting on the sidelines to see where it's going to go. So I will tell you that General Flynn is exactly right, and we should be right now participating and being engaged. Now, you should be talking to your neighbors. You should be boldly talking to your neighbors, your friends, the people at church, the people at school, because right now the republic, our foundations of the republic are hanging in the balance. Forget the election. It is the republic itself that's hanging in the balance. This president is the only one who's going to fight to sustain the Constitution. I urge everyone to vote Republican in order to secure our future and the constitutional basis on which our republic is built. I see where a California judge has decided that some folks can't go to church. They may just bulldoze the church if they violate the rules. Yes, John MacArthur, again, a well-known pastor. I've, I've followed him for over 50 years 
And he was the one that went to court and won in front of the court saying that, yes, he could be open. Now then a judge has told him to shut it down or else. We don't know exactly what the or else is, but I think it's time for us to stand up and push back. The government has no right to explain to us what our rights are. Our freedom of religion is constitutional. It was the basis of the founding of the Constitution in this republic. And so if we are going to keep our freedoms, I think we all better stand up right now or the 2% will keep us out of churches first. They'll keep us out of the voting booth next. Now, that John MacArthur, I really appreciate his courage. He came out and was talking about the president's executive order. The president signed this last week saying that this critical race theory that has been the subject of instruction to, and it's been mandatory for all of our federal employees for the last six or eight years, President Obama put it into place. And the critical race theory basically says that if you're white, you're racist. There's nothing you can do about it. It also says that we need to overthrow this country as we know it, that there is no way to break the systemic racism except by the overthrow of the country. This, again, feeds the idea that we're in the midst of a revolution. And President Obama had made this required instruction for every single federal employee. Now then, President Trump is saying you're not going to spend any more federal dollars on the critical race theory because it in itself is a racist position. It is is far more racist than the people that they are claiming are. And so for the president to stand up again, I salute him. He takes on so many fights that many politicians don't have the courage to follow through on that for no other reason than that, you should be voting for him. I disagree with President Obama's premise because if all white people are racists, How did he win? Even if every black person voted for him, they're only 13% of the population of the U.S. A whole bunch of white people had to vote for him. Your point is well made, Derek. And again, we've got examples right now. We've got Jane Padrell, is a black Republican conservative from Albuquerque. She wins election in a very difficult district there in Albuquerque. And she does it because people don't look at the color of her skin. They look at the content of her character. We exactly are following up on what Martin Luther King Jr. had said. Said we should do, and yet the left is declaring that we're still racist. It's one of the most divisive moments, and these are some of the most divisive arguments in our nation's history. You mentioned from your kitchen window you can look out into Texas, and I understand they just changed their sexual education rules in their schools. Tell us about that. Yes, uh, we're three miles from Texas here in Hobbs. That's one reason people call us Little Texas. It's uh, intended to be a slur, but uh, but we never pay attention to it. We love our friends across the border, but when they do really good stuff, we love them even more. And the Texas Board of Education just this last week voted on two key things. Number one, they voted to reject the radical LGBT education propaganda, really, that was being put into our school systems. And the Texas curriculum is no longer going to include that. Second thing that they did was very important was eliminate social justice out of their science curriculum. Now, when you have to add a predicate to justice, now you know that you're beginning to have a political agenda of some sort. Justice is justice. It doesn't matter if it's social justice or racial justice or any other kind of justice that we're called as a nation, we're called as people to treat others with fairness and justice. And so eliminating those two things, congratulations to the Texas Board of Education. Now, as we consider this radical move in the sexual 
social mores of the country, Netflix has found itself in the middle of a huge stir. Uh, they came out with the movie uh, here in America. It's a French movie, but they're selling it here in the United States, the Cuties movie. And in that, they're sexualizing the persons of these four 11-year-olds. They're in provocative clothing. They're in provocative poses. They're going way past the limits of what are allowed, even in the very loose definitions of our film industry here in the United States. They should actually be charged with pedophilia right now and the distribution of child sex images. And yet, this is on mainstream Netflix after the controversy started, the Netflix stock has dropped enough that billions of dollars of stock value are lost. That's the only way you're going to get these corporations to follow the law, to follow the values that we as a people have, and that is they got to feel it through their stock. The Justice Department hopefully will take a look at it, but in one of them, the 11-year-old girl actually takes her top off, and again, that's another extension past that idea of what pedophilia is, and for that to be actually distributed by Netflix, shame on them. So again, uh, just a tremendous amount of chaos in the American society right now, a tremendous searching for who we are as a people and what our values are. The president stands strong. He's the most pro-life president ever. He's the most pro-Christian president ever. He is strongly in favor of our gun rights when they're trying to take away the guns. And uh, again, just trying to lower taxes so that families can feed their kids and send them to school. The president is on the right direction. The left is totally out of control, supporting the idea of defunding the police, supporting the idea that we have to tear the entire American system down to overcome these perceived problems. I will just tell you that the American people, I think, are going to join together. It's going to be this new majority of conservative Democrats joining with the Republicans. Yes, I am seeing evidence of that, too, as I go around the state. For our listeners who would like to get more involved with the Republican Party, there's a website, www.gopnm.org. You can get the latest news, upcoming events, information about their elected officials, voter resources, and all kinds of important and useful information about the party and its mission. The party has a Facebook page and a Twitter account. The handle is at New Mexico GOP. We want to remind our listeners that the Republican Party is always looking for volunteers to help them with their mission to win New Mexico for President Trump and to turn the roundhouse red. You can call party headquarters at 505-298-3662. That's 505-298-3662. For Steve Pierce, I'm Derek Underhill. We look forward to meeting with you again next week right here on Inside New Mexico.